Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you all to open your Bibles, if you would, um, to, uh, we're going to begin in 3 John 2. This is where Randy was last week. You know, we've been beginning a series on identifying true biblical prosperity. Amen. And we know, I've been living long enough to know that when you talk about prosperity, People have all different kinds of ideas about what that is. As far as Americans, we always think that the temporal or we think the materialistic or the money. Uh, but we found out through the series that we're doing, I hope you go back and listen to them, that um, the, the most uh, expensive, the most valuable commodity in earth is the spirit of man. Uh, so so uh, valuable that um, uh, Jesus, uh, God gave his very best, his son, to... Uh, to deliver us from the powers of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of God's dear son. How many here have Jesus in your life today? Well, why don't you give him a good clap offering to appreciate your salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's begin in third John. Let's pray. Father, we just ask you to bless this word today. Lord God, we, we just ask you to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand your word, Father. Jesus, you said, you promised that if we would continue in your word, we would know the truth and the truth would make us free. So, Father, we thank you for setting us free today with greater revelation in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. In 3 John 1, the Amplified, uh, uh, 3 John verse 3, the Amplified says, the elderly elder of the church addresses this letter to the beloved or esteemed, I say Gaius, but uh, the, the Greek is go, like goose, Gaius, but I'll say Gaius, it's easier, whom I truly love. Beloved, I pray that, you, that he's writing to Gaius and says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. And I just simply said spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, socially, and financially, which we'll see in a moment. And that your body will keep well, even as your soul keeps well and prospers. Amen. And so, of course, you know, you having a renewed mind regarding the promises of God is important if you're going to walk in those promises. Again, say amen if you agree. It's true. Other word, prosper means to help on the road, to succeed in reaching, to succeed in business affairs, to have a prosperous journey. So why was John exhorting Gaius? Because it, it, as you read down in chapter, uh, verse 5, you'll find out that it was he who was supporting uh, the ministry of John and other ministries financially. And that's how valuable he was to the ministry. That, isn't that something that there was a small letter, letter written to, to simply to give um, kudos to Gaius for his involvement in helping the churches in his day? It's the same with you. Every one of you that tithe and bring your offerings to the storehouse of God, uh, you are helping to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only here, but around the world. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Then he says, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth, that they're walking out the word of God in their lives, even in the area of supporting the ministry. Hallelujah. The, the passion says, beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way, that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. Now, I'll ask you a question this morning. How many have ever had a goal in your life uh, uh, that you um, wanted to be poor? That that was your goal. 
that you really wanted to live a life with literally having nothing. That's your faith. Your faith is you want nothing in life at all. See, nobody would believe for that. I said nobody would believe for that. God put it in your spiritual DNA to be blessed, he, to want to be blessed, to want to increase, to want to succeed. God put that inside of you. That's why nobody would want, believe for that. Nobody would, unless they were ignorant. And so even, even it's interesting how we have something that we know. It came, I think it came out of Catholicism, but I'm not sure, uh, of taking the oath of poverty. And, uh, and yet those that take that oath of pro- poverty don't really believe it anyway. Why? Because Catholicism or the Catholic diocese, though it's, uh, it's one of the richest religions in the world, they take the vow of poverty, but they're very wealthy. So they don't even believe in that. And you don't believe in it either because you can't find it in the Bible and, and, you, and you know it's not uh, the will of God that you lack in any area of your life. If you agree, say amen. amen. So anyone who has suffered poverty or, or lack for a certain amount of time, they just want one thing. They want out. They, they want things to change. They want to they see a return in their lives if God's will is, is for that. And of course it is. His word gives us that kind of hope. Now turn to Mark, the fourth chapter. Not going to teach on the parable of the sower, but there's a principle here I want you all to see this morning. Okay? In Mark, the fourth chapter, we know it's the parable of the sower. And we know that the sower went out and he, and he scattered his seed upon four different environments of soil. There was hard ground, there was stony ground, there was thorny ground, and then there was good ground. And out of those four, only one, only one got a return on his investment. Only one. That means, that means... Hey, it's, it's a greater challenge getting a harvest than you think. You really have to live a very uh, sound, uh, faith-filled, and disciplined uh, uh, life. And then he says, um, th- then he went on to say something, then, but he went on to say this. Uh, oh, uh, one producer returned, here's what he said, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Why only some? Because there's some believers that are unwilling to connect unwilling to trust God in regards to their finances. They're unwilling to. Uh, That's why the church, not here, we're grateful here, but the church universal suffers suffers or unhindered from uh, fulfilling the fullness of God's will because people don't dare trust God when it comes to their money. And and isn't it interesting we go to, you know, we go to a restaurant and eat. And uh, today, if you just, if you just, um, uh, today, if you just um, uh, give a 10% tip, you're cheap. I mean, in the mind of, I'm not saying, I'm, now they want 20%. I mean, and it just keeps going up. So people, literally, many people give 10 or 20% of the tip, but when it comes to the tithe, they just can't see that that is something that's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to do. It's not. It takes a, a lot of faith to tithe and to trust God with your life. If you agree, say amen. amen. So they have a hard time believing that God will honor his word with a supernatural return, but God will honor his word. Let me say it again. God will honor his word if we will put our faith in him and trust in him. Hallelujah. Now, he says this, verse 26. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. So is that what the kingdom of God is like? It's farming. It's called 
the kingdom of God was built on the law of sowing and reaping, and the kingdom of God will become advanced through the law of sowing and reaping. God, when he said in the book of Genesis, and God said, and God said, and God said, he knew that the moment his words left his mouth, that they, would, they wouldn't return without supernatural, uh, um, a supernatural response. Amen. I said amen. amen. When he said, let there be light, the darkness couldn't do anything about it. The light came, hallelujah. And, and, um, and, and because there was light, there was life. Hallelujah. So God's kingdom is was established and is advanced through the law of seed time and harvest. So you are a farmer. Say, I'm a farmer. farmer. And that's what the whole parable is about. He goes on, night and day while he's asleep or awake, uh, um, and I added this, something supernatural is happening to the seed. The seed sprouts and grows. That's the law of progression. But he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. Hallelujah. For the harvest time has come. What's that? That's the law of multiplication. It's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen. You know what happens, though, a lot of times? We plant the seed of God's word in our lives. And by the time, from the time we plant it to the time we reap a harvest, in that time right there, if we're not careful, we'll dig up a harvest through our, uh, a negative confession and, and, and unbelief. And the farmer knows that if that corn is going to come up, he's going to have to leave it alone and trust that it's going to do what God created to do. It's going to grow up and produce a harvest. Amen. That's the same in your life. Same, same in your life. The law of multiplication. Thank God for that. How can I describe the kingdom of God? Jesus said, what story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It's the smallest, but it becomes the largest. It's the, you know, when you take a tithe, and you need a financial miracle in your life, and you take that tithe against what you, what you need, sometimes it looks awful small. So he was trying to get our attention that though the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds, it grows up. It, it, once it dies, what comes forth is something a hundred times bigger. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? He wanted to give that illustrate, uh, illustration to us to give us hope that when we plant seed and, our, uh, and we've got a mountain to move, praise God, if we'll trust God, hallelujah, that thing will grow up and conquer the mountain of debt in your life. Can I have an amen? amen? So, as a kingdom child, to reap the God kind of life, you've got to be willing to plant the God kind of seed. Now, I want to read a scripture and move on from here. Isaiah 55. And I'm going to read out of the King James. Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Here's what the Lord said. I love this. Verse, I mean, I could start in verse 6. You've got to read all these awesome verses, but verse 9 says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now look at verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but what's its purpose? To water the earth. For what reason? That it would make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, when you come to church every Sunday... Um, either is two things are happening. Either, either you're not believing God, or God's a liar. He said He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
So when you come on Sunday, even I think Corinthians says, I want you to prepare an offering. When you come Sunday, then you have at that moment, you preparing to bring your tithe to the storehouse. Because why? Because God gave you seed. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. You have seed in your hand. Let's just simply say you made 400 bucks this past week. And, um, and 400, 10% of 400 is what? It's $40. It's very easy. It's $40. And so you write out your check and you say, Father, I am honoring your word and I'm writing out my check for the tithes for that $40. And I thank you, God, because I'm honoring your word. I'm expecting a supernatural return back into my life. God wants you to do that. Just trying to help you out. Praise the Lord. Amen. So he goes on and says, it shall bring forth the, uh, uh, the, 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 the water of uh, the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be. Now he's parallel, paralleling this. Be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where it is sent. So God's word, the seed of God's word, it always was always given to be invested into our hearts. And as it's invested in our hearts and we keep our hearts humble and we keep reverent to God, obedient to God, that seed begins to grow on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So that we become more godlike in our lives. Lift your hand if you say, I'm not as godlike in my life but I want, as I want to be, but I want to be. Amen. Everyone is want to be godlike in our lives. And we know there's some major resistance in the realm of the spirit um, to, to hinder that from happening. Now, I want to go back just for a moment to show you the goodness of God. In Genesis 1, it was creation. You know, God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Whether you believe it or not, I'm just saying it. In six days, some say it was longer, some, all different opinions. But it said six days. But look at what happened here. I want to show you what happened on the third day. And, and it says, then God said, amen, those creative words but brought creative uh, um, life. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Watch this. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. It's called the law of Genesis. That means produces produce its own kind. If you live your life just sowing strife, what kind of harvest are you going to get? If you live your life sowing impatience, what kind of, fruit, what kind of harvest are you going to get? Yeah, full of anxiety and unrest. But if you sow and keep sowing the seeds of love, amen, love will return back into your life. And not when you think it will, but it will happen because the harvest comes because God promised that. Amen. But look what he said, seed-bearing plants, seed-bearing trees, all seed. Why? And it was not for himself. He didn't need this. He was preparing this for his man, Adam. Amen. And um, the, their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. Again, the law of Genesis. And God saw that it was good. And evening, and evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Isn't that awesome? How, what happened on the third day after Jesus' death? 
He rose from the dead to give us the eternal seed of eternal life. Is that awesome or what? Amen. All the good, all of man's provision happened on the third day. Is that cool or what? I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, God, you're, you're, so, you're so full of wisdom. The third day, all the provision that man would ever need. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what the world says. There is no such thing as shortage. But there's a lot of greed. A lot of greed. No shortage, just a lot of greed. Because God would be, God would not be God to tell you that he's going to give you every seed-bearing tree, every seed-bearing plant, and then all you have is a crop failure. I'm talking about in your own personal life. God wants to bless your life, but you have a part to play. Genesis 2, watch this. This is the history of the heavens and uh, of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, watch this, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet not sprung, for the Lord God had not yet caused it to rain upon the earth. And watch this phrase. And there was no man to till the ground. Isn't that something? God said, I'm not going to do it. And so what does he do? Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life or the spirit of life, the God kind of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. The word Eden, Eden means delight. <laughs> I like that. He, he planted a garden in delight. And there he put the man whom he had formed and framed and constituted. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight to be desired or to be desired, good, suitable, pleasant for food, the tree of life also in the center of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. Let's go on. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided before uh, it became four river heads. Uh, you got to see this. The first name is... Uh, Pishon, or whatever it's called. It is, one, it, is, it is the one flowing around the whole land of Havilah. You know, what, you know what the region of Havilah is today? It is Iraq. No, no hold your thought. I mean, just, hold, just watch this. And, and the Bible says, uh, where there was gold. The gold of that land is of high quality. Why? Because God is a high quality God. Amen. I mean, it didn't say, and the gold was cheap. Right. High quality, I love that. And he goes on and, and, and says this, the gold of that land is of high quality, delium, which they, one, it said in the amplifier, uh, pearl, I'm not sure, and onyx stone are there. The second river is called Gion. It is, one of the flow, it is the one flowing around the whole land of Cush. You know what, where Cush was in modern day? It is South Sudan and Egypt. Boy, those nations would be ticked off if they found out what really Israel really owns. <laughs> Moving on. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Here it is. Which begins in Turkey and flows southeast across Syria and through Iraq. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to tend to it, guard it, and keep it. I'll talk about that, but I don't have time this morning. I just wanted to show you that the garden was in three acres. It was thousands of acres, thousands of square miles. And, I, I, and I, I'm confident with all my heart that if Adam would have been faithful in that area, 
God's plan was to have him be ruler over the whole earth. It's just like your life. God expects you to be faithful with the ground that he gave you, your own spirit. And if you're faithful in cultivating that, living a life of reverence and repentance, a life of humility and reverence, all of a sudden, praise God, that seed of his word is growing inside of you and making you more godlike. And in the midst of the godlikeness, he's hallelujah, he's blessing you like God wants you to be blessed. That's why the warfare is so great. How big does God think? Huh. You can tell he thinks big. He gave Adam a large part of the Middle East to manage. That was God's idea, not Adam's. Every seed of every fruit-bearing tree and plant in God's garden had the capacity to produce a hundredfold return. Again, it was God's idea, not Adam's. All the mineral rights, the natural gas, and the oil to the rare stones, diamonds, and yes, even the high-quality gold was God's idea. Say God's idea. That wasn't... Adam, he wasn't, Adam wasn't sitting around in a one-acre plot uh, just a wishing he'd have more. He had it all. The only thing he didn't have was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree represented two things, ownership and the tithe. Every time he saw that tree, ah, I'm just the steward. I told uh, the other day, uh, Apollo and I went for a ride on the Harley, and uh, I got off, and we were talking, and I said, um, Apollo, uh, did you know that everything that we have doesn't belong to us? It belongs to Jesus. And he's really a listen. He listens, and I said, you know, the helmet you just took off, that, that's not mine. That's Jesus's. The motorcycle we just rode, that's not ours. It's Jesus's. So everything that comes into your life, always remember, it belongs to Jesus. We're just stewards of it. And the more faithful we are in stewardship, the more God gives us. Isn't that good? So God has always been an abundant and extravagant thinking God. In fact, Revelation 21 says the streets of the New Jerusalem are paved with pure gold. That's extravagant. I <laughs> Amen. I think I'll preach to this door over here. Huh? <laughs> Second Chronicles 1. Second Chronicles 1. I want to share this story, and then we're going to pray for you today. Second Chronicles, I want to show you the extravagance of God, the idea of God wanting to prosper your life. And again, I'm, please hear my, hear my heart. I'm not here to try to manipulate you into trying to get some money off you or nothing like that. God has always been faithful to provide, always been faithful, always will be faithful. I'm here just to encourage you to trust him with your life so that you can increase in greater measures. I'm going to talk about in every area of your life, but also financially. Amen. Amen. Look at, I want to show you the, the mind of God. Second Chronicles 1, that the temple has been built they offered up sacrifices to God. I'm talking about Solomon's temple. And here's what happened after that. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? What do you want? Stop and think about that. What if God asked you the question, what do you want? You know what I'd say? I want a closer relationship with you. I want your presence in my life more than anything else. That's my heart. What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. He was just simply saying, I'm giving you a blank check. You fill it out. 
Solomon replied to God, you showed faithful love to David and my, my father, and now you have made me king in his place. Oh, Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me the king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. So what does he ask for? Solomon says, give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. That's what I say to every one of you that brought your children forward today. Let that be your prayer. You don't need more you don't need more of the natural first. You need more of the spiritual first in your life. So give me, Father, give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead your people properly for who could possibly govern this great people of yours. This is God's response. And God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested. Can you shout hallelujah? Did you hear what he said? I will, I will give you. If he gave it to him, he'll give it to you. I love that. But I will also give you wealth and riches and fame such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. Hallelujah. That was God's idea, not Solomon's. Isn't that beautiful? The, the richness of God's goodness that he really does want to increase you. He really wants to expand, expand his presence in your life. He's a good God. Look, look up and say, God, you're so good. Amen. And he is. He's a good God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. So Solomon was blessed because he was after the presence of God and not the provision of God. And that's what happens in our lives. So we should not be seeking the God, uh, the provision of God, but the God of provision. Don't be seeking the healing of God. Seek the God who heals. Amen. We always get it backwards. Amen. God will bless your life. Put him first in your life. And I know you are because you're here this morning for that reason. You came because you wanted to honor him and put him first in your life. And God will bless you because of it. Amen. God has never, ever been interested in taking anything from us but giving everything to us. Bow your head and just lift your hands right now and begin to thank him verbally. I said, go ahead, verbally thank him. Thank you, God. You didn't come to take anything from us but to give everything to us. We give you praise for that in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Listen to this last phrase. Wow. God really wants to prosper you. Listen, but not at the expense of his kingdom and not at the expense of his, your relationship with him. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna walk down here and stay in line. Thank you. I got some apples here today. Amen. Boy, you cut them awful big, Randy. Thank you. You want a piece of apple? It's fresh. Oh, you got, no, do you have, you, you, you don't have braces? All right. Just, just eat the good part. Some of it. Just eat some of the good part. Praise the Lord. Here. Good. No, I didn't lace it with anything. Just, just take a couple bites of the good part. Amen. You look hungry. It's, just eat a bite, bite or so. Praise the Lord. Oh, good. 
Hallelujah. Okay. All right. I saw you. I saw, I heard you. I wish pastor would give me something. Well, I got an apple. Now, just take a bite out of your apple. The best part you think is the best. Amen. No. All right. Now, yeah, swallow that. Okay. Now I want you to take a bite of the very center with the seed in it. Go ahead. How does that taste? Is that a little bit bitter? The seed is not that good? The reason that some of these seeds are bitter like they are in an apple is for one reason. The fruit is sweet, but the seed is bitter because the seed was never meant to eat. It was meant to sow. It was meant to sow. So when you bring your tithes and offerings, you're taking that seed, which was for one reason, it's to put back into the ground. Amen. A lot of times people are living bitter lives because they're eating their seed rather than sowing their seed. I'm just, I'm just telling you the way it is. And God wants your life to bear the sweetness of his love and the sweetness of his presence. Amen. I said amen. amen. So we're going to prepare our offering this morning. And um, I want you to sow your seed. Some of you haven't tithed, and some of you haven't tithed in a long time. Now, you may not have a tithe this morning. It may be that tight. But do you have a seed? Anything. No, I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to get God's provision back into your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. There's, uh, there's, there, I just asked them to hold them, uh, offerings up, uh, envelopes. That they're in the seat in front of you if you need one. And uh, I don't care if it's a dollar. I don't care if it's a quarter. Take, take something. Remember Brother Copeland? He stuck a pencil in the offering because he so desperately wanted to be involved in the offering. And I mean, he, he was living in complete poverty. I mean, his car hardly ran. They said it was, it, was, it, it was put together by bailing wire. I mean, it was just bad. He had nothing. But he put a pencil in the offering. And as he's getting up and leaving the seat uh, where he sat, uh, some woman hollered and said, Sir, didn't know who he was. She didn't know, he, she didn't know him. He didn't know her. He wasn't famous that time. He was just, and, and, and just got saved. And so she handed him a 20. said, God told me to give this to you. Man, he grabbed that 20. He stuck it in an envelope and childlike faith Amen. could have used that 20 Amen. man we used to baby Vicky and I were young and Lord we'd go to these conventions these Kenneth Copeland conventions out in California and uh, I mean it took all the faith for us to get out there we didn't have an abundance of money then but we knew the value of what God was teaching through these men amen and we're not uh, I'm not interested I'm not in, uh, of abusing God's word. I'm not interested in taking advantage of people. I, I never want that. I, I just want to be someone who encourages you to dare believe God. To, I said to dare believe God. Amen. And you do that through your giving. You're daring to believe God. Young men, see, God wants you to succeed. I mean, like never, I mean more than you could ever imagine, he wants you to succeed in your life. Amen. He doesn't want you to, you know, to rehearse the curse, you know, of those before you. He wants literally to bless your life. I mean, more than you can imagine. 
Amen. So you put him first. You don't follow anybody else. You follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you in 10 years, you'll see such a supernatural difference in your life because God will open up the door. He'll open up that way for you and you'll see it clearly and you'll walk through it and God will increase you to where you will give him all the glory, honor, and praise. Let's give God praise for that. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful that my family is, is blessed, increasing and prospering. Amen. Now, they had a lot to do with that. But I'm grateful that the blessing is in their lives, not the curse. Amen. Amen. And so if you've had the curse work in your life, you change that today. Right. I don't care if you got one seed, a dollar, whatever you have. Put that in an envelope and humble yourself. And say, Father, I'm asking you to bless this for your, for your honor, glory. And, 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 and he'll do it for you. Right. He'll do it for you. Amen. You hear my heart? He'll do it for you. Because he cares about you. Your success in life isn't determined by your education. It's by your faith in and obedience to God. And he will increase you for his glory and honor. Hallelujah. All right. If you have your offering and an envelope, lift it up in the air. I'm going to pray over you. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you for everyone online that's writing out their checks, grabbing something, put on an envelope, Father. All the ones that are here today, come on, lift your hands up high. Give him praise. Father, we give you our seed today, and we give it in faith. And Father God, for some of them, it really is a sacrifice. For some of them, Father, they're trusting in you that this, what they're sowing today, will multiply supernaturally. So Father, I declare in Jesus' name, God, I declare, God, that you will honor their faith. Hallelujah. And God, they will see the Lord of the breakthrough this week in Jesus' precious name. Father, I thank you, God, that you've redeemed us from poverty and lack. Come on, everybody, give him praise. Come on, everybody give him vocal praise. This is so important that you, you vocalize your praise to God. Amen. Look up and praise him. Hallelujah. He's your provider, Jehovah Jireh. So, Father, thank you. Lord, I'm trusting you, God, today. God, they're going to have testimonies of your faithfulness. Testimonies of your faithfulness. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now hold on to your offering for a moment. I need a microphone. Where do the, the mics go? Thank you, Sam. Michael, I want you to share just for a sec. I got so blessed when I saw your rig. I, I, I've never driven a rig like that. I was jumping up and down, praise the Lord. I need a driver. Amen. I'll, you need a driver. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Oh, man. Yeah. So, if anybody doesn't know, me and my family were in the trucking industry, and uh, we're just, just one truck, and I drive it five days a week, and it provides everything for us. Brittany's able to stay home with our girls. And, and yeah, it, it's, this all started way back during the building commitment, and we've done nothing but increase since then. And it was, it was a month ago, is the, the last week in July, I just... Man, we we need a new trailer, and so I, I I sowed a seed from the business, saying, "All right, if, look if, at his if, truck, look if, at that truck. Yeah, come on, give God praise yeah. for that beautiful. <laughs> if uh, yeah, I I, I I said a prayer to God, and I'm like, if 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 it's our time to get a new trailer, it's our time, and called salesman, and he's like, whoa. 
I, I got one that just got backed out on because there's the factories are so behind and everything. And I was like, well, you want my old trailer? Yep, bring it in. So brought it in. He did the appraisal on it, calls me back later that week, and he's like, hey, we'll give you this, which turned out to be double of what we paid for that trailer <laughs> four, four years ago. And, uh, and yeah, so... Uh, Thursday, Thursday, we all went in as a family, and we and we, and we bought a brand new trailer. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's man, God is good. That's that's what it is, and yeah, it, we we've noticed being consistent and committed to tithes and offerings that we we've gone places I've never thought we'd be. It's. It's amazing. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Michael. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. I wanted to share that because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And he'll answer your prayers. You trust him. You don't trust in the arm of the flesh. You trust in the mighty God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930 as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.